welcome to the Compass Podcast. Throughout the series, we'll chat with a wide range of people from all walks of life that have been involved with Compass in one way or another. In this episode, Lisa and John chat with Andrew, the Compass Farm Manager. I might just add that we recorded this out at the Compass Farm. So you'll hear the birds chirping in the background, but at times it does get a little bit windy. Hey, Lisa, oh, how are you? Hey, Andrew's our farm manager at the farm and you started the farm. Tell I, us, I was here when it started. You were here started, when it started. Yeah. So tell us what was the farm like when you first arrived and how many trainees and staff? And Okay, so we had two staff members and four trainees. There were just two buildings on the farm, um, the original um, concrete ones. And basically we came with a spade and a shovel I'm told to make a farm. <laughs> so, and you did. <laughs> and we did. We did, yes. Yeah. So uh, it was mangoes when we first got here. So we chopped down about 100 mango trees to make a bit of land so that we could actually cultivate. And uh, we lived underneath the house for about two years and expanded. We brought um, spades and shovels from our own houses and um, any other tool that we needed and we started from there. How did it work? Like which building went up first and... Yeah, so um, there's a few buildings that actually came down first, some little outhouses and stuff like that, and then they put the slab in for the big green shed that we actually are in mm -hmm. at the moment. So, yeah, that was the first. And then the outhouses came later when more trainees came and we wanted to do different things and we'd have to need a shelter or something yep. to... Uh, so now on a on a daily basis how many staff and trainees are here now so we have today 15 staff and we have about 65 trainees and they're scattered doing different absolutely things all we over have the some farm. in the plaza at the moment we have some on contracts doing lawn and gardens some in the woodwork area farm arts and actually um, other guys that are actually uh, working on the farm so when they're at the Sunshine Plaza, they're actually selling rougher tickets. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. They're not shopping. No. So. We just go for a walk around the plaza every day. <laughs> um, and uh, and so, you know, you've been here how long? Um, 12 years coming up now. Yeah. You need to leave. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's been a long time. It's it, uh, Yeah, it's, it's like part of my life now, you know. There's yeah. no uh, difference between home life and farm life. And farm life. Yep. Um, so the staff out here at the farm have, Probably a little bit different to the staff that are in the centres. Many of them have their own trades by right. So, you know, electricians, fitter and turners, woodworking, uh, chefs and stuff like that. They bring their own talents to the farm and then um, we make a program around that. So Alex uh, is an example of someone who has come to the farm as an employee with a lot of extra skills um, as well as his music. Um, he had right, a degree yeah. in music. Um, he was also an apiarist. So we had a, you had a few beehives here on the We did farm. have a few beehives, but um, Alex obviously was had a passion for it. So um, I think from two beehives, we're about 20 now. So, yeah, and they all suit up and the guys go out and rob the bees and check them on a weekly basis. So, yeah, it's the skills that people bring and we um, develop that into a program. And then from that, the skills from the trainers yeah, are being passed, passed on to the trainees. Yeah, and we and do have a trainee that has taken a hive home and mm -hmm. done it at home. So much like the gardening, they all start their own little patch at home and it develops from there. So it's skills learnt on the farm is, you know, transferred to the home life, which is what we're all about. What What are the positive outcomes for you personally working at Compass? Well, 
coming from an, uh, being an electrician where, you know, life is all about is making as much money as you can um, to a place where it's nothing about the money. It's about the journey that we are all taking. So as we, as I said, I, I'm not a farmer and we came out and we were asked to start a farm. And so we learned together. So many of the trainees that have been here the same time as me, we literally are like family now. We you know we've learned things together. We've had massive success, garlic and stuff like that, where, we, you know, we've tried and it's gone really well to growing potatoes where it's been a complete failure. But, you know, we've learned through that. And now, you know, we know what to grow on our individual piece of land. So, yeah, it's continuous learning, you know. Uh, and so what's on the farm? Tell tell us what... what, what well, if at we, the if moment... If we come out to the farm, what can we purchase? You can purchase ginger at the moment, a bumper crop, turmeric, blueberries, pineapples. We have 5,000 pineapple plants up there. Um, edible bamboo for your Asian cooking. Um, herbs, a multitude of things. Eggs, well, you know, we have 100 chooks. So, you know, there's that plenty would, of that stuff. That would be in uh, Cluckingham Palace? That is in Cluckingham Palace. Their <laughs> <laughs> grand opening Absolutely. last year. Um, and so, so so the chickens, for example. So, you know, we, we had um, an old chook house. Yeah. Um, through very generous donations, a couple of grants that we received, yeah. we were able to build that up. To what, so, so what is it now? It's it's yeah. So we have a hundred chooks. It's a palatial area for them. Um, instead of just having a paddock with a rundown shed, they now have a you know a beautiful, brand new shed. Um, we try and enrich all our animals' lives here. So you know it's just not an open paddock. We have put multiple coloured things in there. They have bottles with uh, um, seeds in it where they peck, and then a bit falls out so it keeps them you know mentally alert as well as so you know it's it's enriching everybody's lives you know our lives the trainees lives the animals lives you know it's, it's just an amazing place to be so what what's your take on um animals uh benefit to young people with a disability absolutely hundred percent. Before I, I wouldn't have thought anything about it, but to see the reactions and interactions with our trainees on our animals is just breathtaking. There's many stories that I could tell you. A young lady who has never spoken really before came here and learned to speak genuinely by talking to the animals first, then having enough courage to talk to, you know, us. So definitely life changing. You know, I bring my dog to work, and you know. The amount of, you know, if a trainee comes and is sad or upset, they will go and sit with the dog and pat the dog. If they're happy, they will play with the dog. It's the same as the ponies, you know. The ponies react to if you're in a good mood or bad mood, they know. And it just, you know, many of the behaviours that are seen in every day are minimalised on the farm. It's just a tranquil, peaceful place. Can you give us, um, just give us a couple of short stories, a couple of wins that you've had at Compass? Uh, a classic story, I there's two of them, basically. One was um, about a, a young trainee who worked with the animals and one day she came up to me and she said, um, Terry, who was the particular goat at the time, was ill. And I said, how do you know that? And she said, Terry had talked to me and told me. So to be to my disgust and disgrace, I said, yeah, that's great, and went home that night without looking at Terry, I came back the next day and Terry was almost dead in the paddock. No word of lie. I got the vet out, it had worms. Within 24 hours, it was fine. But I went back to the young lady and I said, 
um, what did Terry say to you? And she said, oh, he told me that he was ill. And I said, how do you know that? And he said, he spoke to me in a different voice. So I don't know if that was he bleated in a different voice or in a different way, but to this day, I listen to that young lady when she says one of the animals are ill. <laughs> so, you know, it's just that, just because we're not good in one area, you know, we're, I think we are compensating in other areas and this young lady has an affinity for animals and just knows. So, you know, her gift, her special gift is for yeah. the animals. Another one is when we first came here, we had to fence paddocks. We had no fencing for the animals. So as a young person myself, not not known too much about disabilities, um, we got with the hammers and uh, I had a group of four and we merrily went on making a fence. And we had this young particular lad who um, would just stand there every day. And I would say to him, hey, you know, let's go and do the fence. And he would just stand there. I would give him a hammer. He would look at the hammer, then maybe drop the hammer. So this went on for two weeks and we built the fence and he just literally just stood there every day. And I would go home and I would try and think of different ways to, you know, engage him and to get the best out. He just didn't do it. Anyway, the week after the fence was finished, we had our sort of annual meeting with the family. families, And I thought, oh, you know. I, I failed in my job completely because <laughs> we've got a lovely fence, but this young man had just stood there for two weeks. Yeah. Anyway, she came in and she was crying. I thought, oh, this is it. This He's is the end of my, <laughs> my career. And she came up, she hugged me and she said, oh, oh my God, thank you so much for building the fence. And I said, I just have to say that, you know, we tried our hardest, but he just would not engage. And she said, no, he would come home every day and tell me how many nails you used. The spacings between the palings and the railings, he would know. And I said, oh, that's amazing. He used to draw it down. They went, yeah, they went on to build a fence in their own yard. So that taught me another lesson that we all learn in different ways. So some of us just need to look and to digest what we see and then later on do it. So, you know, in my own personal journey, that was a life lesson for me. Well, let's go back to, uh, you, you said 12 years ago, you were told, Here's a block of land, make a farm. Absolutely. What was the vision of what the farm would be? And I know you said it sort of you built it as it went and as the needs yeah. grew. So David Arcea so had had a vision, but to implement that, we just took it day by day. So we started out, we wanted to do veggie patches. So basically we had a three meter by a meter and a half veggie patch. We had, I think 56 in the end. But every day we would go up there with a spade and all that and we would dig the turf out and then we would... So it was a daily thing and I would go back and see how that went. Some days went really well and we could get one or two done. Others, you'd be lucky, you know, to get one done. So we quickly learned that we had time, if you know what I mean. So we, we've got all this time. So it did, we, we had no urgency to do it. So the journey, as I always say, is as much as the end result. So. And still, the farm changes every year, but we're on a journey. So in 10 years' time, I don't know what it will look like, but, you know, it, it will be a journey and people will get what they need out of that journey. Now, we lesson planned as well. So I would come and I'd write a plan every day. We soon found out the farm will give us a, our own jobs for the day. The pump would go, so we'll all be in the dam mending the pump. One of the horses would be ill, so we'll all be ran the you know horses so we still have structure to the day and we try and but you know life throws us up things and i think it's a good good lesson for everybody who works on a farm that you try and plan stuff but 
life will take you in a different direction. You just have to make the most of it, and, and we honestly do here. You know, another story, and I, I won't bore you, was one of the horses was, I think, 37 or something, and it was about to die. And we had to make that decision. You know, the vet came in. We're going to have to put it down. We had to make the decision if we were going to do it with everybody here, put the pony down, or do it out of ours. And we decided that we were going to do it here, and we took a bit of criticism off of, you know, a flack off a few people, but um, we had a jar when we put, um, you know, poems to the pony in the jar and we buried it with him and it was a peaceful end. Um, a few months later, a particular family had a, a, a loss within the family and it was amazing to hear that the family said that we had gone through it with the pony, so there was so much ready, you know, for this to happen and they coped so well and they knew that, the process of what was going to happen in and it was the best thing. So yeah, again, in something so tragic, you know, good came out of it. So I think that's what we do. Even though we have a disability, you know, we still try and treat everybody the same and, you know, make the best out of whatever situation happens. I think that's one of the great things about the farm and, and having to go with what the day brings you. You're going to have a structure as such. You want to plant pineapples this year. Yeah, but that's right. How do we get to it? Yep. With the trainees, that whole development, I suppose, and the change every day, the different activities they can be exposed to, the the animals, the plants, yep. the seasons, etc. That in your time with all those trainees that you've had experience with, yep. so if you can take us through some of those, yeah, you know, the changes you see, the development, self developments, the, the work that you, these trainees, and like it's from that young man you talked about who stood there and didn't actively take yeah. part in building a fence, but yeah. just mentally his exposure to it was fantastic. Yeah, um, there's many examples, but you know, to see them, I was in the plaza myself on the Saturday and I saw three or four of the trainees and to see where they've come, where they would not engage, they were shy, they, they didn't hold themselves in high regard. And now they're marching through the plaza, it's, hi, how you doing? I'm going to buy this and all that to see them when they first came here from school where they were meek and wouldn't say anything it you know it's it's amazing and they're you know they're their own people in their own rights and you know like any child that you'd wish they they would develop and grow and and that's exactly what we've seen many times here yeah and they go on hopefully to find jobs or a career that they want so yeah and we just facilitate that and again it's the exposure to all those different uh, activities, yeah. tasks, jobs. Being out, being out in, um, you know, the, the air and the, a lot of them are game addicted, like many of our children are. And here they do a decent day's work and so they go home tired, so they go to bed early and then get up at a decent time. It just breaks that cycle. It, and everybody who works here, it's a, it is work. So they get ready, they put their boots on, they put their hats on, they put a sunscreen on and they class it as work. And... You know, for them, they just want to to be perceived as to be like everybody else. So they come to work and, you know, they do work. With the trainees, or the trainers, sorry, that you have here. Yeah. And again, there's obviously been some that, you know, come for a period of time and move on to different areas. Yeah. Have you seen growth and development in those people as well? So not just the trainees are getting out of it? Absolutely. We're all here for a reason, you know, I honestly believe. and people might not know what that reason is and if they're here for a short time or for a long time they get something out of it and you soon see that just because someone has a disability 
it doesn't mean they can't do. And I think, you know, in a world where people look at disability and even more today, you know, oh, bless them, we're funding with this, we do give them this. They want to work. They want to be like everybody else. And I think the farm is the perfect place for them to have the opportunity to do that because we expect, you know, we need to plant 500 pineapples. It needs to be done. You know, so it's our job to facilitate how we do that. So, we, you know, when we first came here, nobody knew how to dig a hole. So what we did, we got bin lids. So we stood on the bin lid and then we marked around the bin lid. And then we took the bin lid off and then there was this perfect mark. And so that gave us the opportunity to scrape that out. So it's up to us to find ways for these guys to do the job. And in the end, with the animals, so I head up the animal group. They do it basically independent. We teach them how to do it they do it every day i check it at the end of the day but and people say oh you know they should be supervised 24 7 you know a lot of the guys don't want that they want to have the freedom to do you know it's not that they can come up to us and say oh, i need help to open this bag and all that and we have a bit of a policy try it three times if you can't do it three times come and see us and then they do so you know they might come and see you for six months or you know we have people who have been five years and they still come up to you but one day they won't and you go to them saying oh did you open the bag yes i did and you think you know you go home and you have a cry you think <laughs> a small thing like that they've gone and opened the bag you know um put your gloves on another small thing like that we have some people i have literally been here 10 years and only last week he managed to get his gloves on on his hand on his own it's a miracle yeah so i've been here 10 years and every day we put his gloves on he's tried yeah, last week he did it. Like, are you crying? It, oh no, it, it, <laughs> is that not my job? You know, is that not my job done? I can go now. Jay's you know? yeah, over. I have got, I've got, so things like that, small yeah. things that, that keep me going. You know, it's, it's a complex world. You know, you've got disabilities. You're running a farm. There's so many facets facets to it. But a win like that, someone putting their gloves on, you know, well, happy days. Happy days. <laughs> yeah. Because then he transport goes home and he does it. You know, he mows his own grass now at home, where pe people just written him off and say you would never be able to do that. He goes home and does it now. You know, people cook. They go into the kitchen and they learn how to make a sandwich. They go home, they cook. It's one less thing that their parents have to do. And it's a small thing for us, but, you know, for your child to go home and make a sandwich and you don't have to do it, it's amazing. Simple life skills. Absolutely. And that is, it's a simple life skills to make everybody's life easier and better. Thanks for listening to the Compass Podcast. To keep up to date with future episodes, make sure you subscribe using your preferred podcast player or check the Compass website, www.compassinc.org.au.